your stopwatch Staring at the diamonds, make you bust it, baby Hopscotch, over here to my spot Say she wanna party, I do it big, baby Like my LRG, show the air hearted When I'm feeling like a rock band 87 jeans and white tee When on the block, man, Jay's still rocking Force is still moving Chuck Taylor's killing, I did all still grooving Lokes on the face, but that's Jay Front Take them off and show the hazels when I want to stay Did you really say how it happened? I thought it happened on the dunk attempt gonna throw it to himself he threw that one to himself he knew he had no opportunity to shoot it so why don't i try to miss it down in the first one then the second one he just threw up What's up, what's up, what's up, L.A. basketball fans? This is your boy, L.A. Ray Harris of L.A. Corsair Podcast, which is brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network and sponsored by DraftKings.com. And after this victory by the Lakers tonight, a 114-106 victory, the road to an all-L.A. Western Conference Finals continues as the L.A. Lakers did their part again in this 114 to 106 victory over the San Antonio Spurs. And I have to just start off with profiling Anthony Davis. You know, the old saying goes, if you talk to talk, you have to walk to walk. And that game the other day against the Minnesota Timberwolves, that debacle, that ridiculous game. I mean, put whatever adjective you want to put to in that particular game. But Anthony Davis said it as succinctly as anybody else could have. He pretty much said, I'm paraphrasing, we are not a playoff team. Or we are, better yet, we are not a championship team. Playoffs, yes, of course. Championship, no. He said, we are not a championship team. And even Russell Westbrook chimed in and said, hey, you're going to lose basketball games, of course. Nobody's going 82-0. You're going to lose basketball games. But it's about how you lose. If you play well play the best that you can play or close to it and a a lesser team like the Minnesota Timberwolves beats you because they just happen to play better on that particular day. Then so be it. You lost. That's it. Go in the locker room, shower up, go home, get you some home cooked meals, watch some film the next day. Come on out and play the San Antonio Spurs. It's what they did today. That's exactly what they did. Again, that debacle against the Minnesota Timberwolves, I don't even want to rehash that that game or analyze that game too much. You all saw it. It was horrible. It was horrifying. Not fun to watch whatsoever. I even missed the doggone game because I was traveling. Good thing. I would have wasted about two and a half, three hours watching that debacle. Okay? But what happened? They said they were going to watch the film the next day. Uh, apparently, they did that. And, of course, Mr. Coach, Mr. Vogel, Threw in some lineup changes. I'll get to that in a second. You had another player come back off of injury, THT. I'll get to that in a second. And what do you know? Voila. They played very well against the San Antonio Spurs. Even though toward the end of that game, it got a little closer than it should have been. When the San Antonio Spurs got to within three points, I believe it was after a Dougie McBuckets. That was a guy I sure wanted the Lakers to sign in the offseason, but he cost a little bit too much money. But after that three, I believe San Antonio went down by three. And then uh, the Lakers just pulled away after that with a a turnover 
Anthony Davis was doing his thing. Uh, Carmelo Anthony was shooting threes. And they finally pulled away from San Antonio again in a 114-106 victory. You can tell in this particular game the Lakers were more, as opposed to the Minnesota game, they were more focused, for sure. They played with a sense of urgency. There was more hustle there. They came out of the half, out of halftime, out of locker room, and still played with that sense of urgency. It's been well reported that the Lakers have been outscored in the third quarter all season. I think they were bottom five in the league in third quarter scoring. Okay, in this third quarter, they outscored San Antonio 30-24. Sometimes you get tired of hearing or reading about negative press clippings. These NBA players, they, you know, they say they don't – um, you know, hear the tea leaves from outside the locker room. They don't hear the negativity. They don't, they're not on social media. Yes, they are. They read the newspapers. They're online. They know what people are talking about. And they said the Lakers just don't have that urgency. They don't have that drive. They don't have that determination. You know, maybe it's the fact that you're rolling out the basketballs and you have all these future Hall of Famers on your team and you just think you can roll through the schedule. Okay, they are finding out, or hopefully they have found out, that you're not going to be able to do that. A, a team like San Antonio, you know, they were 4-8 and eight coming into this game, but they have some shooters on this team. They have some decent players on this team. You know, I just mentioned Dougie McBuckets. You know, that kid open, man, he, he can drain. He can drain some shots. Keldon Johnson was on the Olympic team last year, albeit he was a, a replacement for one of the players. But he was still on the Olympic team. It, I guess it didn't uh, hurt that Popovich was the, was the coach, but I digress. But in any event, the kid can play. The kid can play. Okay, these are not your your your, your daddy's or your granddaddy's uh, San Antonio Spurs, you know, with Tim Duncan, Ginobili, Parker, you know, all that. You know, Robinson, all those guys. But, you know, you got a guy like DeJounte Murray. This guy can play. Okay, so you can't roll out the uh, out the basketball, Lakers, and just expect to dominate. You have to do exactly what you did today. Now, going back to Frank Vogel and the lineup changes, uh, one of the things I, I noticed right off the bat was Baysmore not being in his starting lineup. And one of my t- uh, Twitter buddies, uh, Laker Guru, uh, mentioned a couple of weeks ago that Baysmore was a, a how did he put it? He was on Baysmore watch. That's what he said. Baysmore watch. Baysmore hadn't been doing anything in the last three or four days or games offensively. He put up goose eggs. So Vogel took him out. But I'm thinking, okay, he's going to take him out of starting lineup, and he's going to just bring him off the bench for some defense, a little hustle, you know, some rebounds, and if he's open, hit the occasional shot. Did not play coach's decision DeAndre Jordan who's been starting an awful lot in the first 13 games did not play coach's decision imagine what this team is going to look like Laker fans Laker fans Laker Nation Lake show in the house when they get Kendrick Nunn back when they get Trevor Ariza back and now Austin Reeves is hurt the hot shot rookie he'll be out for two weeks then when he comes back what, what is this team going to look like? Vogel's going to have a problem on his hands, but it's going to be a nice problem. Are you going to fit all of these minutes, or the minutes with all of these players, I should say? 
Malik Monk playing very, very good basketball. Very good basketball today. 27 minutes. Six out of ten from the field. Two or four from beyond the arc. 16 points. Kid is gaining confidence. He is gaining confidence. If he picks up his defensive intensity in a lot of his games, his minutes will climb. Some people thought Monk should be in the starting lineup over Avery Bradley, who started today and played 23 minutes, did not score. But he's a veteran presence on the floor. You know, when LeBron James comes back, Anthony, uh, Avery Bradley's not going to be starting. Imagine this, folks. Let me, let, let, me, let me do this. Imagine this. When LeBron James comes back, and let's say Carmelo Anthony stays in the starting lineup, which I don't think is going to happen. But if he does, you're going to have Carmelo Anthony, Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, and Taylor Horton Tucker. Now, let, let, let that marinate for a second. One more time. Carmelo, A.D., Russ, LeBron, THT in your starting lineup. And you could still come off the bench with Wayne Ellington. Today, 30 minutes, five out of eight from beyond the arc. All five of his mates was from beyond the, uh, beyond the arc. I'm sorry, he was five of eight overall. Five of his baskets, all five of his baskets was from beyond the arc. Scored 15 points. There were some, some of my Twitter followers, Laker fans, that was ready to get rid of him after the first, you know, couple of games. Where, where's Wayne Ellington? Well, he was hurt earlier. And when he came back, he was rusty. Laker fans, Wayne Ellington is a, I call him a professional shooter from three. It's what he is. It's not driving to the basket, doing reverse layups like THT. You know, it's not going to blow by defenders. He's only an average uh, defender himself. He's going to stand behind that arc. He's going to wait for someone to drive to the basket like a Rondo or Westbrook or LeBron when he comes back or Taylor Horton Tucker. And they're going to pass the ball around and around to him. He's going to be by himself, and he's going to do exactly what he did today. He's going to drain three-pointers, and you're going to love this guy. I mean, hell, you should have loved him when he was with the Lakers before. So now he's back. He's going to be doing the same thing. That's what this guy does. He's a professional three-point shooter. That's why they picked him up. That's exactly why they picked him up. And this starting lineup again, well, the starting lineup for today, Carmelo Anthony, 30 minutes. Now, again, I do not think Carmelo is going to be a long-time starter. I, you know, with his advanced age, well, uh, a lot of Lakers are older. There's a few of them older than Carmelo. But th this is a guy that needs to come off the bench. Starting him a few games, a spot starting him here and there, okay, I can I can get with that, depending on what the matchups are, depending on what team you're playing. Like, again, San Antonio today, they shoot a lot of three-point shots. So maybe Vogel's thought process was, hey, I need my three-point assassin, Carmelo, in there to try to match those three-point bombs that San Antonio is going to be putting up. The Lakers shot today 48.4% from beyond the arc. It was 13 or 15 out of 31, 48.4%. San Antonio Spurs were right behind them, 44.4%. They were 16 out of 36. That team can shoot the ball pretty well. So I can see uh, bringing Carmelo Anthony into the starting lineup in that situation. But down the line, I don't see that happening too often unless injuries necessitates Carmelo Anthony being in the starting lineup. Now your star of today, of course, Anthony Davis. And again, I want to profile him a lot on this episode because, again, he talked to talk 
and walk the walk. 40 minutes, 14 out of 24. Again, he basically said against Minnesota, they play like shit. Can I say shit on the on uh, podcast? I guess. I just said it. <laughs> they played like shit. They crapped the toilet. That's what they did. He came in at the beginning of this game and dominated. He was going. He was dominating in the paint. He was dominant in the half-court offense where he was shooting mid-range jumpers. And he even shot two or three from beyond the arc. You're not going to get high-volume shots from Anthony Davis. I know some of the Twitter followers don't want him to shoot three-point shots at all. At all. But when he's open or wide open, he can hit the shot. You know, he's not going to. You know, he's not going to embarrass himself from out there. You know, he's not uh, drum roll, please. It's not Ben Simmons or anybody like that. So he's not going to embarrass you from beyond the arc. But you put Davis in that paint on specific matchups. If he has players that are smaller than him, guarding him, then put him in the paint. One Twitter Laker Twitter follower says, AD, get your ass in the paint. Get your big ass in the paint. Okay, yeah, Anthony Davis is 6'11", and in most instances, he can do a lot of damage in the paint. But if he's going up against a center, not necessarily in this game, again, it all depends on matchup, folks. If he goes up against a center that's, you know, either 6'11", 7'1", but it's like 280-something, okay, Anthony Davis may not be able to dominate that particular uh, center in the paint. But Anthony Davis can dominate that particular center on mid-range shots, bring him out of the paint. That turnaround jumper that he has on the baseline, that that fadeaway jumper that he has in the paint that he does, and the occasional three-point shot. So it depends on matchups as far as whether Anthony Davis should always be camped out in the paint. You can't pigeonhole a guy like Anthony Davis and say he needs to spend 100% of the time in the paint. He can definitely get out of the paint and score. He also had 15 rebounds. 15 big rebounds, six assists, two steals, a block, only one turnover, 34 points. This is probably his best game of the season. 34 big points. He was absolutely dominant, and he was absolutely right after that Minnesota Timberwolves game. He didn't necessarily say it, or he may have said it in the locker room that they played like shit, but that's exactly what they did. You know, they crapped the bed. So there's no way in the world they could have come out here in this game against San Antonio and played the same way. Laker fans, you fans would have been livid. I know you would have. You'd have been you would have been ready to run everybody out of town from Vogel to Westbrook to to Ellington to Baysmore, uh, Jordan, everybody. Now, since they played a wonderful game today, all Laker fans are all in lockstep, as well you should be. It's only 14 games, folks. It's going to take a while. I was really, really upset myself after that Minnesota Timberwolves game. But, you know, when you really think about it, you know, peel back the onion, really back in, and you just look at it. It's only 13 games. Well, now it's 14 games. And I think this team is going to be fine. It's going to take Vogel a while to figure out all of his chess pieces. And he has a lot of them. He just has to figure out how to mix how to match, and depending on the matchups, which teams are coming in here, depending on what those other teams do, what their strengths are, what their weaknesses are, and then you look at your own team, Lakers, what are your strengths, what are your weaknesses, and go from there. At one point in this game, the Lakers have four guards on the floor and Anthony Davis. They're okay. They were, they were okay. 
They were okay. They got out rebounded uh, during that stretch pretty much. But they were still firing up that pill, baby. That's what it's all about. It's all about matchups. And Vogel is 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 finally starting to starting to uh to figure that out. Going down the list of players here, West, speaking of Westbrook, 34 minutes, five out of eleven from the field, three of five from beyond the arc. Three of five. Russell Westbrook, a couple of those three point shots, he had his feet set. Now, uh obviously there was no one near him on a couple of those shots, but still. Even Russell Westbrook, who's not a great uh, three-point shooter, of course, if he gets his feet set, like one of those shots he hit from the top of the key, from beyond the arc, guy's a professional basketball player, man, been playing basketball 14 years or so, whatever it is in the NBA, Russell Westbrook on occasion can hit that shot. So it's not like, hey, Russ, don't ever shoot three-pointers. You have to shoot them to make the defense respect you. Again, unlike Ben Simmons. Does it seem like I always bring up Ben Simmons when I'm talking about shooting? Because I just don't I just don't like guys that just scared to shoot, man. I'm just not a Ben Simmons guy. But I digress. Westbrook is not like Ben Simmons. If Westbrook is behind that arc and he's by himself, he's going to shoot. As well he should. You have to respect that. One thing Westbrook has is that bank shot, man. The bank is open on Sunday for this guy. Even on Sunday. He ain't gotta go to the ATM. Bank is open. Westbrook hits that bank shot, man, off the glass with the kiss off the glass. He played pretty well. He was plus 11. Hey, in recent games, you see the plus minus column. Uh, Westbrook normally is in the minus, leading the Lakers in that category. Today, he was plus 11. Now, and he also has seven assists, by the way, 11 rebounds, seven assists. So he was three assists away from a triple-double. But what is concerning, of course, is the turnovers. He did have seven. Turnovers. The Lakers have 14 turnovers altogether. He had 50% of them. Now, that's concerning. That's concerning. But And, and that's part of his game that he's going to have to improve upon. There's just no if, ands, or buts about it. But he's their point guard. And he's going to handle the ball an awful lot. And, you know, with that are going to come turnovers. But, you know, seven turnovers, eight turnovers, nine. One game earlier in the year, Westbrook had 10 turnovers. So not only did he have a triple-double, I can't remember which game it was, dude had a quadruple-double. Points, rebounds, assists, and he also had a double in turnovers with 10. Okay, so that's not good. But today, uh, Russell Westbrook played well. Can't can't really fault him for anything today. Five out of 11 overall from the field. And he, he it, this wasn't a high-volume shot day for him. This, this is a, like an efficient game. If you can get a game like this without the turnovers, of course, from Westbrook. Now, I'm not saying that he needs to only average 14 points per game. You know, if you get 17, 18 points a game from him, but the rest of the stat line reads as it is, 11 rebounds, 7 assists, cut down on the turnovers. That's an efficient game for Russell Westbrook. 34 minutes. If you can get that when LeBron James comes back, then the Lakers are going to be really, really tough to beat. Really, really tough to beat. Avery Bradley was in the starting lineup. Of course, that's going to change when LeBron James comes back. Uh, Didn't do much today. Didn't score. Had a couple of rebounds. Had one assist. You know, he really didn't make his presence felt today. But Bradley, of course, is a keeper. The guy is a a veteran player. He's been around a long time. And, you know, he's going to have to be a player that you're going to utilize throughout the season, you know, because of injuries and things like that. 
you know, load management for some of the some of the older players. So you're gonna need a you're gonna need an Avery Bradley on this team. THT, Taylor Horton Tucker, welcome back, dude. You have been missed big time. THT, 27 minutes. Now get this, seven out of 14 from the field, and you could tell the guy was rusty when he was shooting. He shot. I know uh, that was a turnaround jumper air ball. He shot one of his three-point shots, uh, came up well short. He was only one of five from three for uh, three-piece land. But trust and believe, folks, you, you can tell the difference the way the Lakers were playing with THT on the court. 110% all the time. All the time. Dude drives to the basket, reckless abandon. He doesn't care who's down there, reverse layups, you know, shooting the ball in the paint. You know, hitting the occasional outside shot, four rebounds, assists, a steal, a block. Hey, the guy for his first game played very, very well. Very, very well. I've, I've said this on numerous episodes in the past that once he comes back, he should be the guy in the starting lineup. Now, some Laker fans, some of you Laker fans think, and it's fine, uh, Malik Monk, the way he's been playing lately, should possibly be in that starting lineup as a shooting guard 27 minutes today six out of ten from the field two or four from beyond the arc 16 points plus eight in a plus minus column he played very well so a lot of people you can make an argument that malik monk should be a, a starter now what would prevent that from happening malik monk does not play defense the way taylor horton tucker does that's the difference so if you want your second unit to be a unit that can just come off the bench and start scoring Without much defense, then okay, then you have it. Okay, Carmelo Anthony, again, I don't think he's going to be starting uh, from here on the rest of the season. So let's say he, he's going to go back to the bench and come off the bench like in the you know, uh, middle of the first quarter or beginning of the second quarter, whatever. You got Carmelo Anthony, you got Malik Monk, and you got Wayne Sharpshooter Ellington. All those three guys can fill it up. So you got those three guys coming off the bench, and then you have a Rondo, you know, a Rondo that's running the show for the second unit. And if you want to play big, you still got Dwight Howard that you can bring in there for some rebounds. DeAndre Jordan is not going to be a DMP coach's decision on every game. So you still have him. And you still have Austin Reeves, who's going to be coming back from injury. And you have none. And you have Trevor Ariza. So you see what I'm saying? The Vogel has a problem on his hands. But it is a good problem to have. A whole lot of teams would love to have the problems that Vogel's going to have when these guys come back from injury. You better believe that. So this Laker team is stacked. It's stacked. And you all know me. I want that Western Conference. I want that all L.A. Western Conference Finals, baby. This podcast is about the Clippers and the Lakers. Or the Lakers and the Clippers, whichever one of you guys want me to say first. Some of my Twitter followers go back and forth. Why do you say the Clippers first? Why do you say the Lakers first? Clip Lake or Lake Clip, whatever you want to call it. The road to the Western Conference Finals. The all-LA Western Conference Finals. That's what I want to see. Clippers have won seven games in a row. They're playing very, very well without Kawhi Leonard. Lakers had not been playing as well, but once they get it together, look out. I see a Western Conference Finals between these two teams down the road. And won't that be epic, L.A. fans? You guys troll each other all the time. I'm one of the, the, the uh, seem like the only neutral uh, person in this, in, this, in this city, in L.A. You know, 
I, I, I don't have any emotional ties to either one of these teams. That's why I can write about both of them, which I do. And I have a podcast about both of them, which I also do. But I also I try to keep them separate, though. I'll have like today, I'm talking mostly 95% Lakers. The next podcast, the Clippers will, will have played a couple of games, and then I'll focus on the Clippers. Back and forth, back and forth. Now, of course, once they play each other, you know what will happen there. The podcast will be about just that one game when the Lakers end up playing the Clippers or whenever that is on the schedule. So, again, the road to an all-L.A. Western Conference Finals is still underway, and the Lakers played their part today with a nice 114-106 to win over the game San Antonio Spurs. So before I go to my Around the NBA segment and just uh, wrap this uh, puppy up regarding the Lakers and their schedule moving forward, let's have a word from our sponsor, DraftKings.com. The NHL season is underway and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal, doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a death deflection. However they like the lamp, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN, throw down $1 on any NHL game, and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net. Nets you a big win with promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you're ready for this. Say you're ready for this. If you're ready for this. Say you're ready for this. Are you ready for this? We're ready for this. Are you ready for this? We're ready for this. What we just can't miss. We just can't miss. What we just can't miss. With a beat like this. All right, all right, all right, L.A. basketball fans. Again, this is your boy, L.A. Ray Harris of L.A. Courtside Podcast. Again, brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network and sponsored by DraftKings.com. If you all don't want to miss any further episodes or any future episodes of L.A. Courtside Podcast, wherever you get your podcast from, whatever platform you use, whether it's Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Odyssey, wherever you get uh, your your podcast from, whatever platform you use, you can find L.A. Courtside Podcast. Before I get to my Around the NBA segment, and that segment is going to take a stop in San Francisco, uh, just want to briefly talk about the Lakers' upcoming schedule. Their next game is Monday night, November 15th, against the Chicago Bulls at the Staples Center. That should be a very, very good game as the Bulls are playing good basketball until they ran up against said Golden State Warriors, of which I'll get to in a second. 
After that, the Lakers go on a five-game road swing on the East Coast, starting with Milwaukee, the world champion Milwaukee Bucks, with the Greek Freak. That's Wednesday, November 17th. Obviously, that's going to be a huge game. That's on ESPN. Then they follow that up with the Boston Celtics in Boston at the Detroit Pistons. Then at the New York Knicks, that's always a huge game when you talk about L.A. and New York. And then finally on Wednesday, November 24th against Indiana. So the schedule doesn't get any easier for the Lakers uh, moving forward. They have to to, uh, keep this momentum going after this game against the San Antonio Spurs. And hopefully, I'm pretty sure during this road trip, LeBron James will be back maybe against the Milwaukee Bucks with the Greek Freak. And that should be a very, very interesting game. So that is the schedule for the Lakers moving forward. And again, we are on this train. We are hoping, wishing, praying for an all-L.A. Western Conference Finals between the L.A. Lakers and the L.A. Clippers. Now, on to my NBA segment. I want to talk about the Golden State Warriors real quick. Someone asked me, should the Lakers or the Clippers or anybody else in the Western Conference should be scared of the Golden State Warriors. Now, nobody was talking about them that much before the season started. I wasn't talking about Golden State all that much. You know, sure, they're a playoff team, but no one figured them to start the season off 11-1, and which they are right now. They dusted off Chicago 119-93. Steph Curry is just playing out of his mind. When you look up and down that lineup and – Keep in mind, keep in mind, they don't even have Klay Thompson back yet. Okay? Right now, hell, they don't need him. I mean, they obviously, they, they're going to use Klay Thompson when he gets healthy. Probably around January. Maybe in February. I'll keep him out as long as possible. They're playing like this. No need to rush that guy back. You know, you got Andrew Wiggins. I've never been an Andrew Wiggins fan until he got the dunk of the week, which I posted on Twitter last week. The the um, dunk of the week by Andrew Wiggins where he had a tip slam, the DraftKings dunk of the week. You guys can check out Twitter when I put that on there every few days. I, it may be the DraftKings of, dunk of the day, dunk of the night. But anyway, Andrew Wiggins was on that one. Steph Curry scored 40 points against the Chicago Bulls, 15 out of 24, 9 out of 17 from beyond the arc, 40 points. Dude is playing out of his mind. Then you have a guy like Jordan Poole, from the University of Michigan. Got to give them a shout-out. 5 out of 12. He scored 14 points against Chicago. He's in their starting lineup and is playing excellent, excellent basketball. And then when you go down the, the list of the other players that Golden State have coming off the bench, they got the rookie Kaminga getting playing time. He played 16 minutes against the Bulls, scored 8 points. Iguodala, we all know what he can do. 8 points in that particular game. Gary Payton the second. He also was a dunk of the week recipient from uh, DraftKings.com. He went baseline against someone. I forget what team there's playing for. Went baseline with the left hand. Down the baseline slam. Eight points. This team is really, really good. Now, again, my goal or my wish is for the in all L.A. Western Conference Finals again between the Lakers and the Clippers. Uh, one of those teams is going to have to get through Golden State. They're going to have to get through Golden State. Again, no Clay Thompson. No Clay Thompson right now. Well, he comes back, and then you have you have um uh Steph Curry. You got two of the top five shooters of all time in NBA history. 
Steph Curry is probably the best. I haven't seen anybody can shoot shoot the ball better than he can. And then Clay, if he's on his game, if he's fully recovered from his injury, he's probably the I don't know third, fourth. I don't even know who's second. Might be him. This team is going to be hell to deal with, folks. And I don't know if the Clippers are going to end up facing them or the Lakers are going to end up facing them. Whoever ends up facing this guy or this team is they're going to be in for a battle. This team is fun to watch. They're really, really fun to watch. They just come down, man, they start jacking them up. And then you better have some three-point shooters that can hang with them. You know, the Lakers, you know, you got, you know, Carmelo Anthony, you know, you know Malik Monk, and, you know, maybe a couple of other guys. And, you know, Clippers, Paul George, you know, Reggie Jackson, you know, they can jack the threes up, but can they hang with, with the Warriors and how they can shoot that pill? I'm not so sure, but definitely we are going to find out. So, again, the Golden State Warriors, that is the team that everyone should be watching. They are currently 11-1 and and are playing, uh, obviously, the best basketball in the NBA right now. There's nobody playing better than the Golden State Warriors. So it's going to be interesting to see in the Western Conference how that's going to shake out with both of our L.A. teams and Golden State. So with that, L.A. fans, L.A. sports fans, Clippers fans, Laker fans, again, thank you for listening. I appreciate all your support. And until the next episode, episode number 76, in a couple of days, which I will feature the Clippers and, uh, and go around the rest of the league. Until that next episode, episode number 76 in a few days. Peace. Said my name is the one Some people call me the phone Oh And when I find a vacant booty I move as hell over I'm like a camel Pumping the fleas I'm up to my own phone Yeah I got jam in my league and I'm ready to spread.